0: The following is a live, copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for RadioLawTalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, RadioLawTalk.com.
1: Welcome to Radio Law Talk. I'm your host, Frederick Penny. This is the most exciting by far the most entertaining and sometimes informative radio show on earth, other than of course those uh, alien shows that are really, really good late at night driving through the deserts of Nevada when your car breaks down in a storm
2: and, Deep you, on have, home.
1: and you have nothing but uh, a <laughs> bunch of tents on the side of the road to look at. So, uh, that is my host, uh, Mr. Cunin, and uh, Miss Dirks to my right, we have... Uh, our illustrious, sick, uh, very whiny, three-time Emmy Award winner, but never <laughs> a uh, winner, uh, Cal Hunter, mony,
0: grony, whiny. Thank and you grumpy, yes. for being
1: <laughs> here, even though you don't feel good. I'm fine. And Todd is ready to roll, as he has three cookies. How many
3: cookies did you
2: bring? Uh, I got, I got three cookies, three cookies. over there. I'm just going to say that, I'm not, I'm not going to say where I get them. No. a it's no. it's a major chain, and you wouldn't expect it from this place, but. The oatmeal raisin cookies are like crack. It is awesome. Yeah. I did. Yeah. You know, I could eat that. Yes. So you're budgeting them like one an hour? Is that the plan? Are you giving one to Fred and Denise? What's
0: the oh, plan? Oh, no,
4: he doesn't share. Well, I could give oh. them a cookie.
2: I could. Look, I'll give you the first cookie for free. But then after that, I'm going to have to charge you <laughs> because uh. I know you're going to want more. <laughs> Isn't that the way? Isn't that the I way think it that's works? Worked, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. What's
1: interesting? There's, uh, you know, this show does. We, we air three hours. And uh, however, if you want to join us uh, during those other time periods, go ahead and go to www.radiolawtalk.com, and you can listen live. Um, but uh, Todd brings one per hour, so he will survive all three hours. You think he could buy six because they're probably about 49 cents each? But no.
2: No, I want to clarify. I, I don't have, I don't have a medical condition where I have to do that. I just know that if I get a little hungry. It's like it's like those commercials, dude. Have one of these. You're not yourself when you <laughs> when oh, you're hungry. Yeah. I get to be a little. I, I get a little cranky. And you can pretend they're healthy because they have oatmeal in them. <laughs> uh, exactly. And of course they <laughs> had. They have oatmeal. That's like I say. I get my. I get my daily serving of dairy because they used milk to make that cake. <laughs> and eight, eggs.
1: Eight five five law radio You can call in or tweet us at Radio Law Talk. Remember, we talk about a thing called case or no case uh, every hour, and that is a wonderful, fun game that we play where Cal tries to trick the three attorneys here sitting uh, in front of his glass as we stare at him. We try to look to see what his face is saying because sometimes we try to read if he's trying to fake us or not. Uh, the case, we got to determine if it's real or fake, and then we got to determine uh, whether or not the, um, uh, what the outcome of the case is. So, uh, that's coming up. That's case or no case. We're going to talk about some very interesting stuff. No more drug testing laws for weed in Nevada. That is important.
2: Dude, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you one of the funniest DUI arrests I've seen in a long time we're going to discuss. This is hilarious we're also going to talk about a very interesting case that really should be on one of those TV shows at the investigative show it's uh, the CHP's being sued for a suicide murder case of one of its officers and that's all we're going to tell you about it's it's the most interesting sad case but but just bizarre but now the CHP is being sued
2: did you know I was on one of those investigation discovery TV shows it's a uh, it's um, someone you thought you knew. It's on investigation discovery. Uh-huh. And uh, I was the expert that they brought in to cover a case because oh. the case was prosecuted by the DA's office that I used to work for. And and I, I I did not handle the case, but I got the court records, got a transcript of the preliminary hearing, researched it all and. I thought phone? you'd be the guy sitting there eating your
1: crumpets, investigated,
4: crump-
1: <laughs> or or the guy eating the crumpets as they walk by with the camera. <laughs> or yeah, me- yeah or, exactly. or maybe the
0: guy in the body bag that you never see his face. You know, but just yeah, <laughs> I, I, I come home.
4: I
2: booked the role. What is it? I'm corpse number four. Yeah, exactly. You don't see my face. It's covered in the
1: bag
4: in the body bag. But hey,
1: here's my check, forty nine dollars <laughs> and ninety nine cents. <laughs> my flight was three hundred dollars to get there, but that's okay. So, so
4: what are we playing for when we play case or no case?
1: Yeah, we are playing for a dinner, right?
4: Yeah, we're playing for steak and seafood dinner.
0: Oh, man. No.
4: And I'm the I'm going to be the winner and the loser probably cuz I either have to cook it or I get to be taken out.
0: Well, as presently constituted, Mr. Penny has 10 points, Denise and Todd have 5 each. And it goes to 50 It goes to 50 That's correct. Okay.
1: Well, Cal, with that, let's just kind of get six, it started. six, I thought. Right. Let's get it
0: started. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. Yay! All right. Case or No Case for this hour. I take you, no surprise, to the great state of California where no one ever sues anyone for anything. <laughs> and this was the year 2001. A young girl and her family had just seen the Shrek movie. And so they decided to go to Baskin Robbins Ice Cream to celebrate, get some sherbet inspired by the movie Shrek. There was a dish <laughs> called a Shrek Whirl. So the parents of a five-year-old California girl from Alamo in the Bay Area bought a Shrek Swirl complete with pop rocks. Chris Janke claimed her daughter Fifi. <laughs> 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 oh, <poor kid. laughs>
2: I always wanted a dog. All I got was a daughter, so I named a Phoebe.
0: Well, I had to be rushed to the hospital because she ate the grape and sour apple concoction, and her belly bloated and bloated and bloated, and she needed to have medical relief, shall we say. The sherbet created to promote the animated DreamWorks movie contains pop rocks, the candy that crackles when it comes in contact with saliva, but Yankee claims the Pop Rocks blew up in Fifi's gut instead of on her tongue. And so the youngster sought emergency treatment to relieve the internal pressure. And then her mommy decided... Well, instead of trying to figure out what's going on here, she thought, I'm going to go get a lawyer. That's what I'm going to do. Congratulations to yeah, her. Yeah, that a girl, right? <laughs> and so I ask you. It's on you, the speed dial
2: right below 911. <laughs>
0: right. Fred Penny. <laughs> <laughs> and I ask you, and I think uh, we'll start with Denise this time, if we may. Case or no case, Ms. Dirks, what say you? Case. Outcome? Sh- they settle. Okay, there you go. She
2: says, it's a case and a settle. Mr. Kuhner. I I'm feel gonna... I feel like I'm playing a combination of uh, <laughs> a combination of case or no case and name that tune, Denise. I can answer that in three words. Or, well, uh, I can answer it in two words. Yeah. Name that tune. Yeah, state at, that case thanks there. Thanks for ad-libbing so much, Denise. <laughs>
0: yeah, <I> yeah. Just <laughs> no, a stretch. Stretch. If I
4: said too much, stretch. I would say too much. Okay, Understand.
2: so... Uh, Pop rocks in the stomach. Uh, I'm going to say that it's a case, but, you know, I'm going to play strategy here. So I say case, and it just makes too much sense. It's too, there's nothing exciting about the case. If it's a case and she prevails or they settle and it gets out of court. So I'm going to say case, and the ice cream store owner wins, because without that kind of an outcome, there's nothing unique really about this. And Well, the pop rocks is what makes it unique.
4: Fifi, I thought.
2: And the name Fifi is pretty good. Yes,
0: yes. Yeah.
2: Who would I, name their child Fifi? And no. and I bet if I looked on that screen that you're looking at, yes. it's going to say, in the event somebody tries to use strategy, point out that Pop Rocks makes it nice and Fifi. So, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm sticking with my oh, answer. Fine, Case and the... Uh, and the ice cream store prevails, because that's what makes it unique.
1: 855-LAW-RADIO, or tweet us at Radio Law Talk if you want to opine on it. You do not have to go on the air. You can just tell our illustrious call screener what uh, you believe. But, Cal, how much time do we have left? Do oh, have we time got, to opine?
0: Uh, not a great deal. We have about 40 seconds or so. Okay,
1: so what I'm going to do is I'm going to set you up for this. All right. There's a number of things to look at here, and I'm going to come up with a little more unique answer than the two of them. But, of course, this is kind of what I do for a living, because uh, I am a person personal injury lawyer, but the Pop Rocks, that's an interesting thing about what Pop Rocks could do uh, to people. And there's going to be some interesting things about, as you walked into the ice cream place, what it said around the ice cream place, and or what the mama knew. So we're going to be back and talk about that a little bit later. I've got Todd Cunin here, who is a former prosecutor for the DA's office and a criminal lawyer. I've got Denise Dirks, a great family law attorney. I'm Fred Penney, your host. I'm a personal injury lawyer. And then we've got a guy behind the glass that thinks he's a lawyer. We'll be right back.
0: All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com.
5: That's 800-918-1376
0: Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to ProLawFirms.com They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in a particular area of need, go to ProLawFirms.com. That's ProLawFirms.com. ProLawFirms.com is not a law firm and does not endorse or recommend any specific law firm. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business your customers will love iceberg drive-ins has some prime areas available right now so if you're interested get in touch with us right away go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the contact us button iceberg drive-in ready to grow with you all right guys we need to have you read some lines for our disclaimer promo but first can anybody tell me what a disclaimer is all right then
6: Read
2: disclaimers? Why, I couldn't. (coughs) The information you hear on Radio Law Talk is general. The preceding
0: promo was for entertainment purposes only. And if you want true legal advice, contact your own lawyer. Just a tip from
2: your friends at Radio Law Talk. Be sure to read our disclaimers on radiolawtalk.com.
5: Even in the hustle and noise of this modern world, we feel the pull of the forest. To walk under the canopy and feel transformed national forests are essential to life majestic and grand they clean our air supply drinking water to millions
0: radio law
1: talk i like that show
0: this is radio law talk Coming back a little early. No, I don't know why. I think I must have bumped into something with my little finger here. So I'm going to vamp for about 20 seconds to allow our local affiliates to join us, which they will do very shortly here on Radio Law Talk. In fact, they'll be with us in 10 seconds. (laughs) I must have hit the space bar or something on the computer. So I, I apologize to those of you out there. Now it's time to go back to Radio Law Talk. Here's Fred.
1: You know, we were talking about that. Put me back. There we go. We're talking about that uh, case or no case where a California girl, after watching a Shrek movie, goes to uh, Baskin-Robbins and wants a little ice cream. And there's a Shrek or a, kind of a cool little ice cream that they have What's got little Pop Rocks in it. Pop Rocks, if those of you don't know, are the ones that, you know, they make, they fizzle when you we add water to it. It's kind of like a, almost like an old mini Alka-Seltzer and so she eats it, gets sick, her stomach bloats, they rush to the hospital, she sues. What's going on here? Well, there's a couple of things. Are there warnings as you walk in? Are there warnings about potential, you know, pop rock, we serve pop rocks and they fizzle, you might have a stomach. That's one issue you got to determine. Second thing is, was there a duty for them to warn, or was there a duty that they had as... A uh, establishment and the general answer is yes. If you're if you're serving the public, generally speaking, yeah, you do have a duty. Do they breach that duty? You know, I don't know. A lot of it depends upon the warnings, and or, and so we got to determine whether and that determines whether or not they're negligent among other things. I think it's definitely a case. I think that there's no way that the. Um, I'm going to say there's no way that the business could have foreseen this. It was foreseeable that this would happen, and therefore they're not going to be found liable. So it's a case, and the winner is Baskin Robbins.
0: Fascinating.
1: So just to review. Are you eating a Pop Rock right now?
0: (laughs) I'm I'm just seeing if they actually blow up in your mouth. uh, So just for review, Denise, you said case and... They settled. Okay, Todd, you said case and... Uh,
2: case and Baskin-Robbins
0: wins. So, I said so the you
1: same.
4: you
0: and Fred agree on that point. Well, that's
4: they quite both agree. There's no dispute there.
0: All right, for those of you who say it is a case, you may raise your hands, and you are all... Dun, dun, dun. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I like a <laughs> moment of anticipation. All right, for those of you who say that the little Fifi and her... Money grubbing mama. <laughs> <laughs> money grubbing? Come on. Oh, come on. They're come bell- on. There's nothing wrong with that. Daughter gets in i I'm di- all on the mama side. Distended belly, and we got to go sue. Come on. Anyway, for those of you who say little Fifi prevailed, that would be. None of us, because you
4: just said settled. I said they settled.
0: Well, that would mean she got some money.
4: Well, that yeah, is there true. There you go.
0: Yeah, Raise so your that hand. would say that, and I would say the answer to that is. Oh, Denise, one point. Todd and I pound it. He hasn't said, uh oh. He hasn't said, you guys win. For those of you who say that Baskin Robbins prevailed because no link was ever established. Between her belly problems and the Pop Rocks.
2: That's not what I said.
0: But we I said ju- they I prevailed. I just Raise said they prevailed. Hand. Raise you know, your that's hand. That's fair enough. I'm just telling yeah. you that's why they prevailed. Okay.
1: Yes. They I, I was going to say, was there a breach of the duty? You know, what? I mean, was there a breach?
0: I don't know. The family attorney said, well, maybe she didn't chew them up thoroughly on her tongue. You know, but I mean, really? Pop Rocks, there's a website. Whole website dedicated to Pop Rocks. Is it really? Uh, it was really then,
4: popular when I was growing up, and then it kind of fell out of popularity, and it had a resurgence.
0: And that's come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the website basically says the worst you can get is a big fat satisfying belch. Oh!
2: Can you buy Pop Rocks on eBay? Uh,
0: I'm going to go look that up right I'm now. Check that out. Can
2: you buy them online? That
0: <laughs> might be a, a great sound effect for the show. Anyway, so that, ladies and thank gentlemen, thank you,
2: Cal. Is
0: case or no case, and. Fred prevails with two points. Tom
1: yes. with two. Denise gets one. Yes, I'm doing the Napoleon Dynamite. Yes, now. Yes, with my arm extended above and pulling down to my side.
2: This. Yes. That's this? an Idaho yes. And that this is the 15 year anniversary of Napoleon Dynamite's premiere. Did you know that? No, I didn't. That is that that has been making the rounds because it's just a, it's got a very large cult classic following. This is an interesting. DUI. Now, I know you've
1: handled a number of DUIs, I Todd, uh, as a pro- former prosecutor in California and in Tennessee, and now a criminal defense lawyer. But this is about an individual, and it didn't have to do with a car. This guy is driving a semi-truck. Yes. That's what's so scary. He's driving a semi-truck, and he's trying to figure a way to trick the police— into allowing him to drive this (laughs) truck that is not apparently licensed or he wanted to change the license plate. So he believes that he's a wonderful artist. And by the way, he is hammered at the time. And he makes a fake license plate. Did you tweet it out yet, Denise? I am now. Denise, tweet it out. This is a picture of the license plate that he made that he put on his semi-truck In order to trick the police officers to thinking that, doggone it, that's a valid license plate. Now, if you go back to the California plates of the 1960s, there were those black and yellow ones. So he makes a black and yellow old-fashioned license plate. You'd think he'd at least do one that's like... The, the recent one that's white with you know red or something to that effect. Although but they no. are
6: they are
2: reissuing the uh, the black with the gold lettering. But mainly on classic cars. Yes. But you can get it on your car.
1: But usually, so you'd think it'd be a newer car you than it would you, be on. You
2: would expect that, yes.
1: So he's so a police officer's on his motorcycle cruising around and minding his own business, and he sees this semi truck ahead of him. He's like, you know what? That license plate looks a little odd, and he pulls up to it, and the and it's black, and the very top of it is painted the words C A L I F A S Califas. Califas.
2: Do you know? He ran means? out of the word,
1: <laughs> ran out of to put California on it. And then it had these little yellow numbers, 9F30815. And it looks like children's, you know, uh, uh, chicken scratch. And cruising along, and sure enough, he was drunker than a skunk and got arrested.
2: Uh, just to just to let you know about the word califus or califas. Um, now I am getting this. I'll, I'll give the attribution from right. UrbanDictionary.com. And califus, it says, quote, a nickname for the state of California used by the Hispanic community, especially in Southern California. Right. And so, but they didn't. The article and all the stuff I researched is I don't got the guy's name. I don't have his ethnicity, mm-hmm. but. You know, it is interesting that they used the slang name for California, not the actual one. Well,
1: if Rodriguez is here, he'd be able to explain it, because I'm sure he would have tried to make something like this and done something worse,
2: knowing it, him. And we don't know that it's not right. Yeah,
1: so anyway, those of you who are driving down the California freeways, you see a Cal- Califas and a handwritten license plate, no worries, just drive past it. We're going to be back, talk a lot about a bunch of other interesting stuff, about a CHP officer that is a sad case but very unique. We'll be back after this.
0: You are listening to Radio Law Talk, and it's always available 24-7 on radiolawtalk.com via podcast. We'll be right back. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. When you need an expert concussion opinion or concussion care, visit concussionmedicalclinic.com to schedule your appointment. The cost of getting rid of garbage is high, and recycling products is lucrative. If you're a business or know of a business that needs an individual compactor or baler, call Northwest Compacting at 888 201 If you already have an industrial compactor, baler, or shredder and need service, don't forget to call Northwest Compacting at 888 201 Northwest Compacting. Compacting, your full-service industrial compacting and bailing company read more about them at northwestcompacting.com
3: peekaboo peekaboo
2: smile oh buddy come on smile oh honey he's still not smiling maybe he's not a smiler <sighs> yeah maybe he's just not a happy baby maybe he's just being a boy you know how boys are or maybe he's teething oh poor baby i think his gums hurt Maybe he's just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. Maybe he's not ticklish. You think maybe he's scared of the dog? Maybe he'll outgrow it. Maybe it's a phase. Maybe he just doesn't like smiling. Maybe he has autism, and we can definitely do something to help.
1: Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org signs or see a doctor today for an autism screening. The sooner it's diagnosed, the better, and it can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council.
3: This is
0: Radio Law Talk with Frederick Penny.
1: You know, there's a lot of things we talk about uh, on Radio Law Talk that are sad, but interesting, but just bizarre. And there's, this one is bizarre, Han, huh, Denise, about this California Highway Patrol officer is uh, kind of goes haywire and, and kills his uh, former wife and attempts to kill uh, her boyfriend. But uh, the issue is now the California Highway Patrol is being sued for that by the former boyfriend.
4: Yeah, what, what happened uh, is that there's it, this happened in Amador County um, in California. And the CHP officer was married, but they were estranged. They had already separated. And he was very jealous of the fact that she already had an, another partner. And he was just really causing them harassment and doing all kinds of things to him. So he got suspended by the CHP because of his conduct, and the CHP took away his gun. So, at some point, the CHP then allowed him to have his gun back and didn't warn um, the uh, former the strange wife or her boyfriend that they had given back his gun and so this CHP officer took that gun went after this former his estranged wife and her boyfriend and actually killed the wife killed himself but before he killed himself, he shot the boyfriend several times too
1: well, interesting thing let me just back that up a little bit Denise so so what happens there is, is I you know, I'll just give a little background. So this guy's broken in, you know, come after her before. he uh, uh, they, they take his gun away, right, like you said. But what happens is, for some reason, he's reissued his gun, like you said. But here's the interesting thing. So the former wife and the boyfriend are at the gym working out. And I don't know if they had it locked in the front, but apparently the boyfriend was a you know, one of the instructors at the gym or something, and all of a sudden they hear this pounding on the back door of the gym and yelling, threatening to them. And he gets through. He comes through the window somehow and gets into the gym, and comes after the apparently. I haven't seen a picture, but it sounds like this guy's a pretty buff guy. Is the boyfriend, and and shoots him. And he, and and as he shot him, the the boyfriend was able to take this. Uh, former police officer, CHP officer, or was at the time, but just on administrative leave, uh, leave, pulls the guy down, takes him down, and then something else happens. Somehow she grabs the gun that falls down. This is what's bizarre, and runs away with it for safety, and then he gets away from the boyfriend.
4: The CHP officer. The CHP
1: officer does. And, and he's sitting there with his gunshot wound, the boyfriend. As he gets away from him, he chases down the ex-wife. And apparently, instead of her using the gun on him, he grabs it from her and kills her and then shoots himself.
4: Right. It was really awful. And and what the, the legal concept behind this is there's a case called Teresoff, And anybody that's gone to law school will know that. It's Regents of University um, of California, I believe it is, or Davis. It's Davis versus Teresoff. And it's, when does a professional have a duty to warn? And in the Tarasov case, it actually was a therapist that was told at some point by his patient that this patient was having very extreme uh, desires to hurt another person and actually had gone so far as to even image what he would do to that person. So then the question became, did Was there such a privilege that uh, the patient and doctor privilege could not be breached, that the doctor could not say anything to anybody, or did they have a duty to warn the purported victim? And that's the case that kind of underlines this suit in the California Highway Patrol. It's when they determined, when the highway determined, found that the CHP officer was unfit for duty and removed his uh, department-issued pistol and even took away his ammunition um that why didn't they warn his estranged wife and her boyfriend that's really the simple legal question you
2: know and and that is probably the the main legal question that they're going to answer but In the complaint, there are actually seven different causes of action, of which the Tarasoft, what you were talking about, was one. One of them I I thought was interesting is the violation of substantive due process rights, and that comes under uh, 42 U.S.C. 1983, Mm -hmm. which is basically anybody acting under the color of law, if they do something and it's violative of their due process rights, in this case here would be, uh, you shot me. And you violated my due process rights because you operated under the color of law, i.e., the CHP, because you're a CHP officer. You shot me. And that's a punishment that was meted out without any sort of adjudication for me to defend myself. So that was, that's their first cause of action. Then they've got uh, individual liability. Then they start with the Tarasoft stuff. And after that, they've got a whole bunch of subsets, negligence, negligent supervision, all of that going. I mean, the CHP has got a real – they got I, a real case on their they've hands. They've got here.
4: they've got a hill to climb. Is this brought in the state court or in a federal court?
2: It's brought in the state, state. court. This was okay. this was right. filed in that's... Sacramento County, yeah. because that's where the California Highway Patrol's um, I believe head, head office is. So they file it there. Um, Cal- but but they take the guy's gun
0: away from him and suspend him from duty because he's a has no business being a cop in his mental state. So I can understand them protecting the general public. How would the highway patrol know about his drama with his wife's boyfriend and with the wife? And oh, all that's, that. why, well, that's why I mean, they took I mean, away his gun. Yes, that's why he took because it away. Because
4: he, he was like going to their home. They had moved in, into a private quarters. Oh, so orders. they
0: complained
3: about They him. complained about right. the
4: harassment okay. and the annoyance okay. and all that, and they okay. took away his gun. Thank he you. mentally was not stable, and they determined him unfit for duty. At some point, though, they knew about it. Apparently, they yes, knew about they that. absolutely knew about it. But the hard part is, when did they determine that he was fit for duty? Well, it they doesn't. Might... Well, the
1: issue is, I think, not to interrupt, but the interesting thing there is, I don't know that they even agree that that happened it may have been a mistake that they reissued it someone in the department didn't read through the documents well enough we don't know that could have happened and it was reissued when probably the chp office didn't want him to have it reissued but the employee may have accidentally reissued it maybe oh, maybe was yeah. a friend i don't we don't know
0: so here's what's interesting got it for all the efforts in california to stop mentally ill people from getting their hands on a weapon even the highway patrol couldn't stop one of their own from having a mentally ill guy get his hands on a weapon. Right? Isn't yeah. that an interesting sidebar?
2: To that? It's it, it yeah. that is that is difficult. The, the uh, early on in the complaint, it's like the third and the fourth paragraphs of the allegations. Yeah. They talk about how CHP knew he was going to a therapist, and and it's implied in the allegation that the therapist, because of that, became aware of threats that the CHP officer was making to this specific defendant. And I think it's interesting also on in paragraph four, it says the defendant CHP allowed Wheat, the CHP officer, to access confidential law enforcement databases and to obtain other information about the victim so that they could so that he could hunt him down. Now, on that issue, I just want to make a general comment because people think, well, oh my gosh, law enforcement can go ahead and pull up anything they want about any anybody at any time using the law what they call the CLETS system, California, California Law Enforcement Teletype. It is a misdemeanor for anyone, even law enforcement, to access the database for anything other than an official purpose. Thank and When I worked for the DA's office, we'd run somebody's criminal history, and if you couldn't tie it to a case that you're working on, I didn't have access to it, the secretaries did, they'd get in trouble, and it can be a misdemeanor. And the reason I know it's a misdemeanor is because I prosecuted a CHP officer, Who was upset that her ex-boyfriend was dating somebody new. She got the new person's name and address using her license plate and went over and keyed her car. And they were able to go back and find out who logged in, who ran it, who ran the license plate number, whose mm-hmm. ID it was. Yep. It was hers, and and wow. she, she got a misdemeanor for it. So, right. don't think that they just can willy-nilly do this kind of stuff. There is liability if they do it, and it's easy to find out. And isn't yeah.
1: there different like levels of authority that they can go into and get? I mean, there's not not everybody within the the police department can get all that there's there's levels of accessibility
2: yeah you have to you have to get the training and be able to do that and the reason why is because they have a a, the section of every law enforcement agency including the da's office has a compliance officer that has to make sure running periodic audits, that this is not being inappropriately accessed, and they have to know who has access, and not everybody does.
4: Right. One thing, I thought this was a, another interesting thing, in the damages, um, I'm not exactly sure what he's requesting, but one thing he cannot request is any kind of loss of consortium, because he wasn't married right. to, to to the estranged wife yet. Even though he had a relationship, and an intimate relationship, he wasn't married, and so, what does that mean, Fred?
1: Loss of consortium is, everyone thinks it's loss of sexual relations, it's not just that. It's you don't take the garbage out. You don't do the lawn. You don't, you know, a lot of different things but that a person. But what
4: relationship is required?
1: Oh, marriage. You have to be married there under California go. law. Not, and not. oh, I am common, mar- common law marriage. We've been living together. No, it has to be a real marriage. So we're going to talk about Nevada being the first state to ban employer drug testing for weed. We'll be right back.
0: Radio Law Talk is coming up right now. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com.
6: This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council.
0: All right, guys, we need to have you read some lines for our disclaimer promo, but first, can anybody tell me what a disclaimer is?
2: Read disclaimers? Why, I couldn't. <clears throat> the information you hear on Radio Law Talk is general. The preceding promo was for entertainment purposes only. If you want true legal advice,
0: contact your own lawyer. Just a tip from your friends at Radio Law Talk.
2: Be sure to read our disclaimers on radiolawtalk.com as well.
4: Todd has kitty...
0: This is Radio Law Talk. And now,
2: back to the show. Uh, actually, he does not have a kitty. He has three kitties. Yeah, and and I, I, I feign shock because because I look at Cal when he does that. And then my, my next thought is... Wait a second. Every week, Fred calls Cal on the carpet for being a three-time Emmy Award winner and never a nominee. No, no, ever nominee and winner. Yeah, th- three-time nominee, <laughs> never a winner. And
4: uh, and he takes it out and on he, you. And,
2: and, and you know what? It's okay. It's okay. I God Cal has a kid. Cal, we, we, we are brothers in arms. Amen, man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling it. I <laughs> have one that says, Fred doesn't have
1: a kitty. Hey, you know what? Nevada... <laughs> Nevada is the first state to ban employer drug testing for weed. I this
2: like is only yes, for employers.
1: Yes, for employers. What's and we like the Amargosa Valley too. They're near Las Vegas. Is is by the way, Amargosa Valley is one of our first affiliates to ever join us. Um, so what's what's happening is now what's happening is employers they can do drug testing. Don't get us get me wrong. Under this, and they fought and they. The 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 legislator fought about how to do this, and they've kind of compromised. And this new bill coming down is going to say basically you could still drug test. Now there's certain certain uh, type of employers that can drug test for marijuana also, the ones that are about safety like uh, you know,
2: firefighters, uh, EMTs,
6: truckers.
2: Yes, they can do that. Any any job they described it any job that could adversely affect the safety of others. Those folks are still going to be subject to drug testing.
1: Yes. Now, but this this law says as an employer, if you drug test, you find that this employee has got marijuana in their system, and apparently they're claiming that uh, – believe me, we, believe it or not, we have a lot of marijuana listener people out there. We do have an active listenership that, that, that uh, are marijuana people. But what they say is sometimes marijuana can can be three days in your system after you use it and you're still not high. Now I don't, I'm not a marijuana guy, so I don't know that. I know Cal. Now we 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 got to be careful. Cal's not, but we always make fun of him because he's got a dispensary. One of the only drive-through dispensaries in the country is near his house. It's an actual drive-through, and actually it shuts right Cal as it pulls in. It the door shut behind you. It's not like a you sit
4: in the line.
0: It's like a Sally Port. Kind of a thing, yeah, like yeah. a Sallyport. Meaning you pull in, and then the secure transaction takes place. Apparently, right? I mean, and a I, lot of
4: smoke going down. And, well,
0: and I've been on many a drug raid as a news reporter. I've been on many a marijuana raid, right? But uh, have never partaken and never.
4: It's our, our first show, our first podcast, is about the new marijuana laws in California. Yep. Go check right. it out. That, right.
2: that is right. That was one of the first shows that I uh, that I did for Radio Law Talk. And I think the Sallyport idea that you're talking about. I think it's a good idea for the protection of the consumer, because if you're going through a drive-thru, I can see... You know, some hoodlum out there wanting to get some dope. If they don't have that, would we'll say, "Look, we just we just attack the guy in the car the minute they hand it through the window. Right, exactly. n- nobody will be able to catch us. They won't come out of here. They won't do here. So if you close the doors, you know nobody's in there. It's just safer."
1: What that is, those of you who don't know, a Sally doors. You pull up, it's like a garage, and the doors close on each side. Do the transaction, the doors open.
2: And, and there may also be a. This may also be to comply with a regulation because if the regulation is that it has to occur, occur within the walls confines of the business. And if they have an exception, so that when the walls go down for the Sally Port, now you are inside the business.
1: Well,
4: that's yeah. a really good that's point. That's fine.
2: That it, and when <laughs> it comes up, you're not. So now they're complying with the law.
1: So here's the interesting yeah. thing about that: that this Vegas, and I, I've put a lot of different notes. It's AB 132. The interesting thing is, is as you said, it is the exception is anyone that is still they're subject to it if it could adversely affect the safety of others. Now, define that. Does that include, at a water park, lifeguards? Sure. Well, I don't know. Does it? But but does it? Does it include
2: lawyers representing you in court? Well, I I think it's the uh, physical safety of others. If it doesn't, my guess is that is the implication. Um... (laughs) Yeah. Okay. but uh, but but you know, t- take the lifeguard though yeah. so so if the lifeguards for example are trained in emergency EMT procedures CPR all of that yes, they they are. they are quite literally the first responders if somebody is found face down in a pool I would say yes I would think that they would be I mean we have a I used to obviously work in the magical world of television and one time we had a
0: control room operator who liked to tipple. A bit. He would uh, mm-hmm. drink liquid uh, intoxicants. Well, nobody's life was in danger, but he did an awful job, and he was relieved <laughs> from his opportunity to serve until he got rehab and got cleaned up. So there got to be other circumstances. Is it not is now? That, not now. Has this passed, or is it just passed the, the legislation? It
1: is the Nevada bill. It, it is goes to an effect January yeah. 2020. I got to tell you, that's just crazy. Okay, let me, that, that's not the only thing. Now wait, now here's the interesting part of it that I see as a personal injury lawyer is the issue of businesses now being able to get what? Insurance.
0: Yes, if, exactly. Think
1: about the insurance companies out there wondering, I'm not, if, the, if there's marijuana in this business and these people are able to use it or you can at least test for it, then
0: am I going to insure that business? What's the legal standard for putting people's
2: safety in jeopardy? Well, Well, here's one thing that I will say. I didn't see this in the bill, but I would be surprised if it is not. Um, I would think that testing of any employee is probably still legal after an accident when they're trying to determine whether or not impairment was the cause of the accident. forklift dryer tips over, truck driver does something. So, So I think that that is there it's not that that's a uh, sort of a measure to find out what the impairment is and if you test positive then you've got that problem the other thing i think that's a that's what driving this bill is the type of test that they're using to determine whether marijuana is in the system most of the time it's a urine test and when you test positive on a urine test that is true you can't tell if it's how long the marijuana has been there because the only thing that pops up is the ingredient in marijuana that will remain in your system actually for up to 30 days. But if you do a blood test, they can test for what's called delta-9-THC. The delta-9-THC only stays in your system about four hours, and that is the stuff that gets you high. And so that is different. Well. Nobody does a blood test for employment screenings. I always send you down and go tell you to urinate in a cup. Right, and that's it. And, and who and, wants to be stuck? And, you know? and, and and doing a blood test, people would argue, is too invasive. Well, I don't want to be your pin cushion just because I got a, you know, I want to get a job at Walmart. And so they have this problem there. So the only way they can get around it is we're going to keep the urine test. And we'll make this accommodation. You can't test for it.
1: You know who's kind of was against this. Uh, again, this was all back and forth during the debate. That was really leery of it. Is the union workers. The union is is uh, was a little bit weary. I mean, you know, some are back and forth, but was a little w- weary of it. And because you know, like I said, they're not going to be able to get insurance for their. Union members or the, the uh, workers' compensation may be an issue at that point. So there's there's a lot of ramifications. But this is the first state, to my knowledge, that is going to uh, bring in a, a testing for marijuana law. Restriction, restriction, yeah. Restriction law. So.
2: I want to clarify one thing, and I know because somebody's going to go out there and read an article and say, well, wait a second. The article that I read said THC stays in your system for only six days or a week. And it can be up to three months, and that's fine. THC can. It's the Delta 9 THC. That's different. In a drug report, it'll say THC, Delta 9 THC. The Delta 9 THC is what gets you high four-hour life. Crickets. <laughs> I just wanted people to know that. In, in most people's cases,
0: it can vary depending on your metabolism. Yeah, it yeah, four yeah hours. it's true. about four hours.
1: Yeah, they gave a statistic. This was uh, This was, uh, there was a number of articles on it, but this is... Uh, well, where, where, where was this one? The, uh, by Harry uh, Chedali uh, was what talked about this, and he said as follows: uh, an example of states, 48% of Colorado businesses with defined drug testing policies will fire an employee the second he or she fails a
0: pot test. That's at least out of the Colorado statistics. What do they think they're gaining in Nevada by doing this? That's my only question. When I hear something like this, I think, okay, what's the upside for the legislator that does this politically or for the state or for the employers who backed it? What do they think they're buying Uh, with this bill?
1: I don't know, Cal. I guess the question back to you is what's the upside of making it legal? (laughs) I mean, that's that's the whole point. They're just following...
0: Because intoxication on the job is not something any employer would accept, whether the substance with which you are
2: intoxicated is legal or not.
1: Right, right. I I would agree with that.
2: Yeah, and and again, this gets back to you can test positive for it and not be intoxicated.
4: I, I don't think they're distinguishing in this law between CBD that doesn't get you high and THC that does. I think that, again, this is kind of like one of those... Uh, laws that have come about without real good medical uh, background and um, information
1: well interesting okay so hey we had fun this hour appreciate you guys joining us we're gonna be back if you want to listen to us later and you're walking away go to our website i'm fred penny your host